Hey, this is Jerry Galloway. I'm the pastor of LHA Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this encourages your heart, strengthens your faith, and gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles, if you'll take them out, and let's go together to John, the 15th chapter, John 15. John chapter 15 and verse 13 is where we're going to spend our time together this morning. John 15 and verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Today we honor those who have given their lives for our freedom. Along with the veterans who are with us and those who are serving today from afar, these are portraits of the greatest examples of honor, loyalty, and love. These are qualities that go beyond the status quo, qualities that go deeper than merely the surface, qualities that drive men and women to give their all for the benefit of another. Such was the life of Private First Class Ross A. McGinnis, who packed only 136 pounds in his six-foot frame, but few have ever matched his inner strength. McGinnis sacrificed himself in an act of supreme bravery on December the 4th, 2006. McGinnis was the youngest soldier in Company C, 1st Battalion, 26th Infantry Regiment, attached to the 2nd Brigade Combat Team, the 2nd Infantry Division. McGinnis was born on June 14, 1987, and joined the Army right after graduating from high school in 2005. He had been in the Army 18 months and had made his mark even before his heroic deed. The 19-year-old amateur mechanic from Knox, Pennsylvania, saved the lives of four soldiers riding with him on a mission in the East Central District of the city of Baghdad. McGinnis was manning the gunnery hatch when an insurgent tossed a grenade from above. It flew past McGinnis, down through the hatch, lodging itself near the radio mount. His platoon sergeant, Sergeant First Class Cedric Thomas, recalled what happened next. Private First Class McGinnis yelled, Grenade, it's in the truck. Thomas said, I looked out of the corner of my eye as I was crouching down and I saw him pin it down. McGinnis did so even though he could have escaped. He had time to jump out of the truck. But Thomas said he chose not to. 
Thomas remembered McGinnis talking about how he would respond in such a situation. McGinnis said that he didn't know how he would act. But when the time came, he delivered. He gave his life to save his crew and his platoon sergeant. He's a hero, Thomas said, a professional, and he's just an awesome guy. Today, as we remember the lives of those who gave, that we might gain. Soldiers who stayed up nights fighting our enemies so that we might spend our evenings resting with our families. Soldiers who went so we could stay. They are heroes of the highest order. In fact, while our world today is trying to redefine what a hero is, their example Their sacrifice sets the stage to truly exemplify what a real hero is. It reminds me of the words of 1 John 3 and 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. True love for others is seen rather than just heard. Such is the life of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Galatians 1 and 4 from the message, I greet you with great words, grace and peace. We know the meaning of those words because Jesus Christ rescued us from this evil world we're in by offering himself as a sacrifice for our sins. Ross McGinnis, a young 19-year-old boy from Pennsylvania, is an example to us of the selfless action of one. The example of one giving themselves for the benefit of another. Today, not only as Americans, But as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we see this example in what Jesus has done. Jesus Christ gave himself for us, not just for a few of us, but all of us. The words of 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The devil, he is our enemy. And our enemy is thrown a life-threatening weapon at each one of us. It's a weapon called sin. Sin has the capacity to not only ruin but to destroy our lives in this present world and in the world to come. Our enemy's goal is not just to take a few of us out, but he's thrown this weapon into the lives of each and every one of us. We see every day on the news the effects that sin is having around the world. Murders are a constant fact. Rape 
molestation and abuse are constants. Thefts, drug abuse, alcoholism, greed, and hatred have become a normal way of life in America. The Apostle Paul described the atmosphere of our world in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, when he said these words, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. It's in this kind of atmosphere that sin proliferates. Sin is merely waiting on the right opportunity for each one of us. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 7 says these words, But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. The end result of sin its final outcome is only hurt, pain, and suffering. There is nothing good, and I would underscore those words, there is nothing good that comes from sin. It is deceptive. It's dishonest. It is, here's where the trick is, it is pleasurable for a moment but only later it will reveal its terminal consequences. Its effects can be found in our homes, our neighborhoods, our schools, and even our churches. It has infiltrated world leaders, governments, and political parties. Sin is like the grenade that McGinnis laid his body on. It has far-reaching effects. Its damages are incalculable. Its explosive blast propels evil shrapnel that penetrates even to the lives of those who are around us. Friends, if the weapon of sin succeeds in our lives, we will die. Not just physical death, but a spiritual death. Romans 6 and 23, the wages of sin is death. My friends, spiritual death is far more devastating than physical death. You see, physical death only brings us to the portal of spiritual death. That's where sin's greatest consequences are experienced throughout all eternity. Sin's only recourse is to seek out and destroy. 
Sin will take us out no matter if great or small, young or old, male or female. Sin's recompense is death. Sin's effects are experienced in this life, but my friend, the most damaging effects will be seen in eternity after we die. Listen to the words of Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15, concerning the great white throne judgment. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence. And there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in them, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. How many of you know those are sobering words? There's coming a time, my friend, when we will all, great or small, male or female, we will all stand before God and give account. If we die in our sin without a relationship with Jesus Christ, we will truly find ourselves at the great white throne judgment. The question of the day, the penetrating truth of the moment will be, is your name written in the book of life? You see, hell and the lake of fire are the final outcome of sin's payment. Many think today, many will continue to think beyond today, that the final outcome of sin's payment, they have escaped. They think they have lived their life free from the penalty of sin. I, I've done, I've been. And nothing has happened, only to find that this short life means nothing in light of eternity in a place called hell. Many have thought to themselves, I've lived a great life on this earth. I have experienced many good things, and not receiving Christ has not been a bad decision in my life. You know, one of the things we've experienced in America today is that we are indeed blessed. Probably no one in this room, when you go home today, will you open your refrigerator only to find it completely bare? 
Most of you will not go to the kitchen cabinets, open them, and find them void of food and nourishment. I don't know about y'all, but Friday I was, nice day, I was not expecting it to get so cold on Friday night. But you know what? It was cold outside, but it was still warm in my house. I slept in a comfortable bed, got up the next morning only to find it was very, very cold, but I was blessed in spite of the cold. We have been so blessed in America, my friend, that I fear we have come to the conclusion in America, I've got it good, it's a great life, I'm doing well, I can make it without God. Our blessing, if we're not careful, can come and begin to be our curse. You see, the reality is I don't need God just for eternity, but I need God every day of my life. I need Him in the good times and the bad times. I need him when it's going great and when it's not going so great. I need him when I'm well. I need him when I need a physician. I need him when everything's going smooth and when life has been very difficult. I need him when I've got plenty around me and I need him when I'm lonely. I need him every hour, the old song says. The sad truth is this. We think not having received Christ, not living for Christ, has not been a bad decision in my life. Only to find that one day we'll all wake up in eternity. The Bible says there will be those who will find themselves in a place of suffering and sin's truest effects will only be realized in the anguish of hell's flames and torment and suffering. Sin's truest effects will only be heard in the cries of distress that comes from hell's inhabitants. Sin's truest effects will only be experienced in the everlasting torment of hell's flames. Mankind may somehow think we have escaped sin's wages on this earth. Often you have heard the phrase, someone may say to an individual, you need to be saved. And the question comes back, saved from what? We may think we've somehow escaped sin's wages only to find that sin will not be robbed of its wages by anyone. And sin will be vindicated in a place of eternal punishment called hell. Friend, that's the reality of the weapon that our enemy has thrown our way. That's the reality of its damaging effects. 
But I want to tell you today that may be sin's story. But I want to take a moment today and tell you what Jesus Christ has done for you and for me. Jesus Christ laid himself down on the weapon of sin. And Jesus Christ took the brunt of sin's effects for you and for me. That day inside that vehicle, Ross McGinnis laid himself over the grenade that had the ability to take the life of every person in the vehicle. Ross was trained in a moment to respond to the threat of the enemy, laid himself over it, and spared the lives of others. I would declare to you today, Jesus Christ too has laid himself over the weapon that had the ability to destroy every one of us. But in a moment, without flinching, Jesus Christ laid himself down over sin and took my sin and your sin that we might go free. Sin has explosive actions. Jesus Christ took himself, laid down his life to take the pain and the penalty for the sin that was determined to get me. Isaiah 53 and 5 describes it well. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. 1 John 3 and 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Jesus took the brunt of sin for us so we wouldn't have to. He suffered so that you and I might go free. The reality is this. We will either take personally the end result of sin or we can accept the work and the heroic actions that have already been completed by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. You must know this today. Jesus Christ loves you. How do we know that? Greater love has no one than this. That he lays his life down for his friends. Jesus Christ gave the example and laid his life down for you and for me. On this Veterans Day weekend, I want to ask you a question. Have you accepted the life that is given freely to you because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross? Have you, accept, have you accepted in your life the gift of salvation? You see, my friends, sin 
Sin will have its final victory in your life without the acceptance of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Jesus paid the price so that sin would not have to catch up with us. You see, sin's tactic is the one of our enemy, and he is playing for keeps. Jesus Christ laid down his life to save your life and mine. Imagine that day when Ross McGinnis laid himself over the grenade and he took in his own body the pain, the suffering, the death that was intended for everyone in that vehicle. You see, the insurgents' goal that day was to kill everybody inside that vehicle. But because one was willing to lay his own life over that weapon, four walked out of that vehicle and are free today. You and I, we too have an enemy. That enemy has sent a weapon towards you and towards me. Jesus Christ laid himself over the weapon of sin. So you and I, you see the enemy, the Bible says that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. There's not a person in this room, there's not a person on the face of this planet that the enemy's goal is not but to steal, kill, and destroy you. No one's exempt. Doesn't matter if you stand behind the pulpit, you sit in the pew, or if you're working out in a child's ministry today. Every one of us is under the scope of our enemy. But the good news is, Jesus has provided a way of escape. Jesus Christ, the Bible says the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life. So may I ask you today, have you received God's gift of salvation? Have you received the work that Jesus Christ did when he laid himself over the weapon of sin intended for you. Would you bow your heads this morning? My Heavenly Father, I thank you today for Jesus Christ who was willing to go on our behalf. I thank you today, Father, that the price has been paid. I thank you that Jesus took upon himself a love for us that love drove himself to take away the pain that was intended for me. The death that was intended for every person in this room. Father, I ask you today that you would 
Lord, in, in the way that only you can do, would you just speak to the heart of every man, woman, young person in this room today? Father, would you talk to us today, not only just about today, but eternity? Lord Jesus, you are the only way. So, Lord, we look to you today. Father, my prayer this morning is for those today who, number one, don't know you. They've never had a relationship with you. I pray today would be the day when they would receive your salvation and the, the exemption. The exemption from an eternity in a place called hell because of Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray for those today who they've known you, but today they might describe themselves away from you. Lord, how does that happen? We know that our enemy is so beguiling. We know that our enemy is so deceptive. And he works constantly to trick he has a strategy against us all. Maybe there are those today that they've been saying, you know what, things may not be really right between me and God, but you know what, everything's going okay and my life's okay and, and, and maybe one day I'll get back in a relationship with him, but right now everything's all right. I'm doing all right without him. Father, I pray today that you would speak to our hearts because God, the truth is, Eternity is just one breath away from every one of us in this room. Physical death just opens the door for all eternity. So, Father, today, if sitting in this room, we would say our relationship with you is not right, I pray today would be the day that would change. And we would accept your gift of the forgiveness of sin and we put you back in the rightful place in our lives Father I ask it all in the name of Jesus Amen and Amen would you please keep your heads bowed for the next few moments friend I'd like to ask you this morning are you ready for eternity Maybe you've heard that question before. Maybe you've heard it your whole life. Maybe today's the first time. I don't know. I do know this fact. You and I are eternal beings. And though our physical bodies may die, one day we're all going to step into eternity either with God or separated from God. The time to make the choice of which it will be is today. Now. The Bible says now is the acceptable time. Why is that so? Because, friend, you and I don't know what tomorrow may bring. Every day can bring a new surprise in our lives. Things we didn't anticipate. Things we weren't expecting to happen. And so, friend, I want to ask you today, are you ready for eternity? Are you ready for eternity? 
Have you received the gift of forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ? If not, my friend, it's not hard. It's not laboring. Actually, it's probably one of the simplest things you can do. The Bible says if we believe, if we believe in our hearts, that God has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, we can be saved. If we'll just confess with our mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ, friend, we can be saved. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. All we have to do is receive it. So I want to ask you this morning with heads bowed, my friend, I would never do anything in the world to embarrass you. That's why I ask for folks to keep their heads bowed. Because this is a decision between you and God right now. Friend, if things aren't right with you and Jesus, but you say today, Pastor, I want my relationship with God to be right. Maybe for you it'll be a first time. Maybe for you it's returning to that relationship. No matter what the case, you'd say, my relationship with Christ is not what it could be or should be or needs to be. Please remember me in prayer this morning. Friend, if that's you, would you just lift your hand right where you're at this morning and say, please remember me in prayer this morning. I need him and his forgiveness. This morning while I wait. Yes. How about it, my friend? How about it, my friend? Do you need his forgiveness today? Do you need his cleansing? Do you need his incredible gift? Anyone else, you'd lift a hand and say, remember me in prayer this morning. Amen. You can put your hand down after you've raised it. Here's what I want us to do all across this room. I want us to pray a prayer together. All the church praying together. Friend, if you lifted your hand, I encourage you to pray this prayer from your heart. If you didn't raise your hand, but you say, I really wanted to, pray this prayer from your heart because God the Father's listening. It's not about everybody else. God's listening. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today with a thankful heart for what you've done for me. Thank you for taking the penalty for my sin upon yourself that I might go free. So I ask you today, forgive my sin. Cleanse my life. Come into my heart and be my Savior. I receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. I ask you today, make me ready for eternity. I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. You see, friend, it's not hard. <laughs> we make it hard. You see, he was listening today. He's listening for the prayer 
of every person in this room. Would you stand with me this morning? I'd like for us in closing today you know I go through life every single day and some days I forget how blessed I am when I'm able just to get in the car and drive across town and I don't have to go through any roadblocks I don't have to be greeted by Soldiers of foreign armies stationed around my community. I can do what I want, live where I want, worship how I want. Aren't you glad there wasn't anybody here today that said, uh, No, don't, you can't raise your hands. No, you can't sing. Aren't you glad there weren't any soldiers at the door saying you can't carry a Bible? No one's been here today saying you can't speak in the name of Jesus. We are indeed blessed today. Would you join me as Americans and as believers in a moment of prayer? And let that prayer, I want you I'm going to lead us as a congregation, but I want you as an individual to pray because you know the things you're thankful for. You know the things you have experienced. And would you just take a moment this morning and give thanks to him for the freedom that you and I have to live in America. Not only live in America, but to be Christians today in America. Let's pray. Father, I'm so grateful today for the many blessings that you have given to us and bestowed upon our lives. I'm so thankful today for the freedoms that we enjoy. Thank you for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thank you that we live in a free nation. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace that has blessed our nation today. Father, thank you for the freedoms we enjoy as a believer in Jesus Christ. May we never forget the day you saved us. May we never forget where you've brought us from, and may we never forget where you're taking us to. <laughs> I thank you for the hope that we have in you. Lord, I ask you today to bless each person here. Father, I ask you once again, bless our men and women of the military. Bless those who have served and fought for our freedoms. Bless them in abundance, I ask. And Father, I give you all thanks in Jesus' name. And all the church said, would you join me? Let's give the Lord an applause this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the freedom we have in you. Thank you, Lord. Now may our Lord and God bless you and keep you, and may his richest blessings be yours. And may the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless you. Have a great day today in him.